If you feel it, you know it. D-Rock Productions. Sports Talk with D-Raw. What's up, people? It's your boy D-Raw coming to you with another episode of STWD. And you already know how this goes. Man, it's so much going on in the college world today. So many uh, different teams playing. It's championship weekend. And you got championships from the FCS and FBS. Now, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to cover all of those games. But... I'm going to cover the most major quality games that everybody wants to hear. And that's going to be in the FBS, of course. So, now, you know, it was some games on Friday night. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to cover all these things on a Thursday like I supposed to and give it to you. But I'm here today on Championship Saturday. And first, let's cover the Friday night games. You have Oregon and Utah. Um, honestly... I had Utah in this game. I expected Utah to defeat Oregon the way they did because they already had rooted them early in the season to give them a second loss at the time. And that kind of upset Oregon from the jump. Also, Oregon hasn't been playing their best, and Utah just had that number. And uh, Utah took care of business, 38-10. to 10. Man, I looked at some parts of the game, and, I just seen a Utah team hungry and dominant. And that 38 to 10 score definitely showed why they won the Pac 12. Now, looking at the Conference USA Championship, you had a UTSA team coming off their first loss that was undefeated for most of the season. And you had a Western Kentucky team with a dominant, dominant offensive game. But this game was mostly handled by UTSA for most of the game throughout the night until the third quarter. And going into the second half, WKU came came to life and they scored outrageous numbers, 13 in the third, 15 in the fourth, but just not enough to get that last eight-point, you know, touchdown. They needed eight points, man. They needed a two-point conversion. They needed a touchdown. WKU took care of business. They got 13 in the third, 15 in the fourth, but it just wasn't enough to get them that eight-point touchdown that they needed. You know, six points plus the two-point conversion, it wasn't enough. And uh, they, they just couldn't do it in the fourth. I, I don't know. I didn't catch the end of the game because, honestly, man, I was watching the game for, for the first half, and I was like, yeah, it just don't look like West Kentucky is going to put anything together. You know, came back uh, second half. It still looked like UTSA was dominating. Then I turned back. A um, couple, I want to say maybe about five, ten minutes later, and then Western Kentucky in the game. But UTSA figured out a way to win, 49-41. Zap had an amazing game for WKU, but it wasn't enough to get the victory. Unfortunately, when you go out there and you throw 36 uh, completions over 59, and you throw for 577 yards, four TDs, you expect to get a W. But unfortunately, that was not the case for Western Kentucky. And UTSA succeeds on this season, going 12-1. And, and Western Kentucky dropping to 8-5. And, 
So, now we got to cover some other big games. Of course, we got some that already been completed today on this Saturday afternoon. Um, and some of those games will be the Baylor and Oklahoma State. I really, really had Oklahoma State winning this game. I didn't expect Oklahoma State to upset me like that and lose this game because I really thought they was going to make a place for themselves in the tournament for the college football championship. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Baylor pulls off the win, and both teams finish 11-2. But Baylor um, succeeds and take the victory in the conference championship for the Big 12. 21-16. Um, honestly, in that second half, it looked like Oklahoma State was, you know, putting together some life and trying to come back and strive to win, but it just wasn't enough, people. It wasn't enough to get it done, and unfortunately, they lose. And, you know, I want to talk about that, man. I'm I'm happy to see uh, two of the Big 12 teams that people was overlooking, and, you know, outside of we're not talking about the Oklahoma team that was supposed to be dominated and stuff like that. Um, we're talking about Oklahoma State. We're talking about Baylor. We're not talking about UT. Both of those teams fail, and both of those teams will soon be moving on to um, the SEC. Now, the game was right there on the line for Baylor and Oklahoma State, but Baylor just denied Oklahoma State that victory on the fourth down, and they won the Big 12 title, unfortunately. But uh, damn good game. Love competition, and uh, I tell you what, another competitive game was the Kent State and Northern Illinois game for the MAC championship. Unfortunately, Northern Illinois uh, pretty much kind of dominated in the first half, but Kent State tried to put something together in the second and made it competitive. Um, it was final score was forty-one twenty-three. Northern Illinois has been pretty, pretty, pretty good, man. Honestly, for the last I want to say ten years. Uh, NIU ha has been doing pretty good in football, so I, I, I expect that Kent State they've been they've been around you know, but not like NIU. NIU they they have uh, continuously did something good on the on the football side of things. Now we got to move on to the uh, Mountain West Championship, and on the Mountain West side we got Utah State and San Diego State. This game is just taking off. Um, San Diego State come in 11-1, Utah State 9-3. And I'm going to tell you one thing about this game. <clears throat> it has good implications because San Diego State is number 19 and Utah State is not ranked. But if San Diego State loses game and say U of H, University of Houston, beats Cincinnati, U of H definitely gets the bigger bowl. They get the New Year's Six Bowl, San Diego State doesn't. You know, but if Cincinnati take care of business against U of H, San Diego State win this game against Utah State, then uh, word is that San Diego State gets the New York Six Bowl and Houston gets some kind of bowl, but we don't really know what bowl they would get. So it's all kind of interesting. You know, some things have major implications. Some things have minor implications. But, uh San Diego State should take care of business against a solid Utah State team. But um, it's still early. We'll see. You know, this this is a game that, that matters for many. And, and then for some, it doesn't matter at all. Looking in the Sun Belt Conference, you got their championship game. Louisiana Rage and Cation. 
going out being competitive once again for another season in App State there as well. There and Appalachian State's ten and two, Louisiana eleven and one, ranked number twenty four, trying to beat on a good Appalachian State team. I'm surprised that Appalachian State is not ranked at this point. I mean, they've been putting together good seasons year after year, especially ever since they moved up to the FBS. So to see the disrespect that's given to Appalachian State, I just don't understand. I also feel like Appalachian State is one of those schools slash teams that will uh, eventually be invited to a better conference because they hold a good football program, believe it or not. So I'm going to be honest. I expect an upset in this game, even though Louisiana is up 7-0 right now. They just got in the end zone. But I believe Appalachian State will pull off this victory and upset Louisiana. Now, we got to talk about the other main games. The big games that, you know, we're kind of overlooking, but uh, these are the games that really matter. And no, I'm not talking about USC and California that plays later. And it's honestly, honestly surprising that these two teams even play today. Um, they play at 10 o'clock. So, 10 o'clock. I guess you want to say Central Time, uh, which would be 8 o'clock Pacific Time. And nobody should even show up to this game because this game doesn't even have any implications. Neither one of these teams are bowl teams, and they're both 4-7. and seven. They should have just canceled the game, people. Um, but let's talk about the big games coming up. Two games coming at 3, and both of these games are major. We got Georgia and Alabama. And in this game, I would love to see Georgia take this game. That way, we don't have no complications in the college football playoff for uh, Alabama um, trying to get into the into the tournament. You know, and them being a two-loss team, that would definitely put them out. <clears throat> and Georgia would automatically already be in the championship, as we already know, because they are undefeated. And uh, U of H and Cincinnati would take each other on, go head-to-head in Cincinnati. And this game will um, basically determine if Cincinnati will get into the New York Six Bowl or if they will fall to something else. And if U of H win this game, they will move on to be 12-1. Cincinnati will be 12-1. And got something interesting here. Who gets into the bowl? Because Cincinnati is favored. Cincinnati's supposed to win at home and take care of business, but we don't really know that, right? By the way, pretty interesting. Georgia is playing uh, at Alabama, but they're in Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Houston is playing at Cincinnati, and, of course, they're playing in Cincinnati or whatever. And then you got Michigan and Iowa. Iowa's next door to Indiana, and they're playing in Lucas Oil Stadium. Michigan taking on Iowa. Now, I will tell you one thing about this game. If Michigan somehow find a way to lose this game and Iowa wins, then you have possibly, possibly, a one-loss Cincinnati going into the New Year's Six Bowl. That creates some great competition 
of football. And Michigan, Iowa, it's supposed to be a, you know, a pretty clear cut who's going to win this game. Michigan favored by 20, 12 and a half points. I mean, you, you got to ride with Michigan. I don't think Michigan can uh, fall off the horse on this one, but we've already seen uh, Oklahoma State take a loss that I didn't expect. So Pitt and Wake Forest will face off against each other in the ACC championship. And with that being said, neither one of these teams will get into the New Year's Six game. But, uh, well, I won't say New Year's Six. Neither one of these teams will get into the uh, the final four teams to be in the championship. But one of these two teams probably will face off against whoever uh, loses. Well, whoever wins will probably face off against um, Cincinnati and Houston or San Diego State. One of those teams. So they're going to face the best group of five team besides Cincinnati if Cincinnati wins, basically. But if Cincinnati loses, then they'll face off against U of H. So in no case, I really see Cincinnati facing off against those teams unless somehow the committee gets over U of H and allows Cincinnati in. And and boy, we, we got a real, real issue here, right? So um, besides that, I definitely can tell you this. Pitt has been a solid team all year. Wake Forest has woken up and uh, took on a couple losses. But both of these teams facing off in North Carolina at the Bank of America Stadium. I'm going to be honest. I would like to see Wake Forest do something here. I would like to see Wake Forest get the upset, change some things around, and find a way to beat Pitt. Because that creates amazing interest. Not only for me, but just the average college football fan overall. Now, people, let me go ahead and slide over there into the college basketball world. And I just want to talk about um, the AP polls. You know, I, I can't keep up with all the college basketball because it's so many teams. But when I talk about the AP top 25 in college basketball, we're talking about a, a solid undefeated Duke team at this point. We're talking about Purdue undefeated. Baylor's undefeated, uh, Arkansas undefeated, Arizona, BYU, Florida, and um, then you got some other teams, Iowa State, USC. These guys are in the top 25, and they're not lined up. You know, some are dropping, some are moving up and down, uh, but I will tell you this. Houston has taken care of their business. Yeah, they lost to a solid Wisconsin team that is now in the top 25, so I feel that respect for respect, Houston should move back up. Uh, sooner than later. But when I say uh, the top 10 right now, number one is Duke, two is Purdue, three is Gonzaga, four is Baylor, five UCLA, um, six is Villanova, seven is UT, Kansas, eight, nine, Kentucky, 10 is Arkansas. And the bottom out the top 15, we'll go ahead and say Arkansas, or I just said it, 10. Arizona 11, BYU 12, Tennessee is 13, Florida is 14, and U of H, University of Houston, is at 15. Um, and that's the top 25 for the CBB, people. And um, when I talk about all these guys, man, I don't know what to expect because it's so early. It's only December, so we're talking about um, four months from now. We're talking about March Madness, and that's when things start to get serious. Really, it gets serious in February 
so we can really start rounding out things and seeing where people stand uh, once they really get into a serious conference play. But um, it's some interesting basketball teams out there. It's some interesting ball out there, period. And uh, just got to be ready to look and see because I'm cheering for my Houston Cougars to go all the way again. Now, in a, on the NFL side, people, you know, we got a lot going on. Uh, I didn't give you the predictions on this Thursday night game that just passed. But I'll tell you what, Cowboys, Saints, dang, 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 man. That was a great game. It was a great game. I didn't think Taysom Hill was going to go out there and throw all them picks. But like I said, I didn't have high expectations for him. And to be honest, outside of the interceptions that he threw, the four picks, he actually played a solid game. I mean, uh, he didn't throw a lot of – he didn't throw a high percentage of passes. He went 19 for 41, 264 yards, two TDs, four picks, but he had 11 carries for 101 yards. So he did produce what he is expected to do, you know, being the weapon that they uh, paid him to be. But obviously they didn't pay him to be a quarterback, I'll tell you that much. First – we actually got to retract, go back, and talk about the teams that faced off against each other the past week. We got to do some recap. And you know, when it's recap time, it goes down. Thursday, Thanksgiving, Bears, Lions. Bears take it, 16-14. Man, Matt Nagy went out there and found him a way to get another W. Lions lose another close one at home. And then they're 0-5 at home. Raiders, Cowboys, Raiders get the victory, 36-33. Unfortunately, man, got to say Cowboys should have pulled that one off, but it was a dang, dang good game. Prescott, 375 yards, two TDs, no way to get the victory. Bills and Saints. Saints didn't show up at all. They just got exploited, play after play. Bills robbed them, took the victory, 31-6. Steelers, Bengals. Man, Big Bomb, he continues to look ridiculous, old, and sad. And they lose again. Saints drop this one, 41-10. Bengals move on to be 7-4. Buccaneers, Colts. I had the, I had the Colts in this one. I thought the Colts was going to run the ball down the Buccaneers' throat. But as I said, Bucks got the number one pass, I mean, rushing defense in the NFL. If I'm wrong, I might be, but I know they're top five, and they got it done, 38-31. Fournette even had four TDs in this game. That is crazy, right? Dolphins, Panthers. Man, I thought Cam was going to go out there and do his thing, but he did everything wrong, and he proved why he has been sitting outside the NFL for the last uh, half a year of the NFL season. And this goes to say, Dolphins, 33-10, and Dolphins roll on to a fourth straight victory. Patriots, Titans. Patriots took care of the Titans. I don't know what's going on with the Titans, but I tell you what, Mac Jones is starting to look like the truth. I'm not buying into Tom Brady 2.0, but I'm buying into saying that he's a solid quarterback, at least this year. We'll see what happens on his sophomore slump. 36-13, Patriots got the victory. Eagles, Giants. This is a game that I had the Eagles in. I, I thought Jalen Hurts would show up and show out. But uh, unfortunately, the Eagles fell in this one. The Giants took a victory, and Daniel Jones played a solid game. 13-7, Giants win. 
Falcons, Jags. This is another close game. I knew the Jags would drop this game at home because the Falcons just needed, really just needed, needed, needed a win. But I tell you what, Cordero Patterson has been amazing for them the last couple weeks. 16 carries, 108 yards, two TDs. Not bad, not bad. Trevor Lawrence, he's still trying to step up his game, but he's just not doing good enough yet. 21-14, Jags lose the game. Jets, Texans. I really thought the Texans would pull this one off. I was very disappointed. I didn't see Tyrod Taylor play his best. And uh, at this point, I'm ready to just see Davis Mills some more. So, Jets 21-14, Texans dropped to 2-9, Jets 3-8, and Texans are tied for number two, the number two pick. Broncos, Chargers. Broncos proved uh, once again that they're competitive and they're ready to take that next step ahead. Also, their quarterbacks continue to be competitive. Justin Herbert, he still played a good game, 303 yards, two TDs. But he did not throw enough TDs. 28-13, Broncos take the win. Packers, Rams. Oh, boy, I know everybody had their eyes glued on this game. I said this was going to be a, a very, very good game. Unfortunately, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still dealing with his toe injury. But guess what? He did not let that defer his win. Rodgers get the victory, 36-28. What's going on, Rams? Are y'all going to be? A Super Bowl contender? Question. Vikings, 49ers. 49ers prove once again that they're good this year. They got another victory. Six and five. 49ers get the victory. 34-26 against the Vikings. And this midseason skid that was looking uh, the San Francisco way is starting to end. And I don't know. The 49ers are waking up. And they're waking up big. Browns and Ravens. This was another game that everybody had to look at. And you have to see what Baker Mayfield was going to do. Did he do enough? No, he didn't. But I'll tell you what. Lamar Jackson, he played horrible. Four picks for Lamar Jackson. And he still figured out a way to get victory. He rushed for 17 times. And he had 68 yards. 16-10 Ravens. Seahawks and Washington on a Monday night. Washington pulled it off. They're still being competitive and being hungry for a division that they think is still open for them. They got to take on the Cowboys next week. But guess what? They made sure that they took care of Seattle on this Monday night first with the 17-15 victory. Russell Wilson loses another game, and they dropped the 3-8. and eight. This is sad. Wilson, what is the next move for you, my guy? Buccaneers-Falcons, we're moving on to week 13, people. I already covered the Cowboys on that Thursday night. The Cowboys put it off 27-17. to 17. And we got to talk about the Bucs and Falcons. Who do I have in this game? I'm taking the Buccaneers, man. This should be easy for the Bucs. Brady's been having a good season. He got 30 TDs on the season already. And he's looking out to go dominate again against the Falcons to move on to be 9-3. Falcons will drop to 5-7. And the Buccaneers will run, run away with the win by at least 10 points. Cardinals and Bears. You know, this is going to be a blowout, unfortunately. And the reason I say that is Cardinals are getting Murray back and they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. And, man, have we been lovely, lovely waiting for 
them two to just come back and be a combo again. Cardinals win this one, and they will go on to be 10-2, and two, and Bears will drop to 4-8, and eight, and Matt Nagy's job stays on the line. Chargers and Bengals, another solid game. You got two teams with two young quarterbacks going head-to-head, um, two young offenses, period. And I'm going to tell you, man, this is going to be a hard game for the Bengals to win. They're favored by three points. But honestly, I think I see Justin Herbert to go out here and have a big game. Justin Herbert will find a way to win this game by three instead. Cincinnati loses, drop to 7-5. Chargers improve to 7-5. Vikings and Lions. Lions are at home again, and they will lose another close one. Kirk Cousins, he won't play his best, but he will play good enough to get the victory. And Lions will drop to 11-1. Oh, oh, sorry, people. They'll drop to 0-11-1. And, <laughs> and Vikings will move on to be 6-6. Six and six. Giants-Dolphins. This will actually be a solid game because you got the Giants that's coming off a win. Dolphins that are rolling. And right now, they're just trying to prove that they're still out there to be competitive. And to be honest, people, we really don't know where, where the Dolphins can go at this point. We don't know if the Dolphins can really go out here and somehow make the playoffs. Because, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like the AFC East is still open. Even though the Patriots are playing good enough. And also, you got 10 games uh, left for for the Dolphins to uh, try to go 10-7. and seven. So... That would put them in the playoffs if the Dolphins continue to roll. And in this game, they're favored to win by six points. And I don't see a reason why Tua Tagalovia won't be able to get the win. And I know I said his name wrong, but, man, I'm just going to say Tua is going to get the win, okay? And he's going to move on to be 6-7, and seven, and the Giants will drop to 4-8. and eight. Eagles, Jets. Eagles should win this game. Jalen Hurts coming off a game where he should have dominated. He will be in New New Jersey, and he will be there to dominate. Jets have no chance in this game. I tell, I'm telling you that. I promise you that. Jalen Hurts will show up big, and he will be dominant. Colts and Texans. Texans lose this game. Drop to 2-10. and 10. Colts will move on to be 7-6. and six, And Carson Wentz will deliver, but it won't even be him that's the special player in this game. It will be Jonathan Taylor running all over the Texans' defense. I promise you that. Washington and Raiders. Raiders really need this game, but Washington needs it even more because they want to be in a division fighting against the Cowboys. And when the Cowboys take on Washington, all eyes will be glued to the screens. Raiders. We'll get the victory against Washington. I thought that the Cowboys and Washington was playing this week. Well, maybe it's the next week. I'm not sure. But uh, Raiders and Washington will face off against each other. And this game will take place in Vegas. Derek Carr will go out there and play a big game. But I think I just think that my guy out there in Washington will play a better game at quarterback. Washington will get this victory. Move on to be 6-6. Six and six. Raiders dropped to 6-6 six and six with the playoff season still looming in the back of their heads. Jags and Rams. This should be a great 
wake-up call for the Rams. Uh, Rams should just go out here and dominate this game. I know they've been thirsty for a win. Matthew Stafford has been struggling. He's been throwing tons of pick, pick sixes and all those things. Matthew Stafford will get back on the right side of the football in this game and get the Rams to 8-4 at home in L.A. Ravens and Steelers. This game has many implications, but I tell you one thing. Big Bum will blow this game as well. Lamar Jackson will go out there and play a good game because he know he looked like a rookie last week and he threw four picks. In this game, he will throw four touchdowns or he'll be responsible for at least four touchdowns. I promise you that. Baltimore gets this win, move on to 9-3. and three. Steelers drop to 5-6 and six and 1. That's the plan. 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers will get this victory. Seahawks continue to struggle. Even though the you know, the 12th man will be loud in Seattle, they won't be loud enough for Garoppolo to uh, fumble this game. He will go up to 7-5. and five. Seahawks drop to 3-9. and nine. <laughs> Then we got the Sunday night game, people. Sunday night is the Broncos and Chiefs. And on a Sunday night with Broncos and Chiefs, I got to tell you one thing, man. This game got a lot of implications for the Chiefs and Broncos because Patrick Mahomes, he's trying to turn his season around. He's trying to do better and get better, and the Broncos are starting to roll and get some things together. It's crazy how much success they have found after getting rid of their main guy and you know creating a new main squeeze and starting to get victories. Okay, let's go Broncos. I hope the Broncos can pull this one off. Even though Kansas City is favored by 10 points, I got the Broncos in this one, people. Patriots and Bills, Monday night. This is the beef of the schedule of this week. This is the game of the week. Patriots and Bills because you got a Mac Jones player at quarterback that people keep saying that he's Tom Brady 2.0 out to prove himself in a rainy game in Buffalo. And you got Josh Allen trying to get his season on track and get another victory because he know he's supposed to be a lot better this season than he was uh, so far. And uh, he dominated last game against the Saints. But I tell you what, he will dominate in this game as well. Prove that the Patriots are not ready. Even though Mac Jones will have a solid performance, he won't do good enough to put the Patriots above the water. Bills will get this win. All right, people. So, I know we got to talk NBA, but before I move on from football, I want to talk about something. You know, you, you had all these coaches uh, make moves this, uh, I guess you want to say, beginning of some people's offseason. And a lot of these coaches are not even offseason like uh, Brian Kelly. He he moves from Notre Dame to LSU and takes a private jet to LSU. And all of a sudden, he got a southern accent and all those things, right? Um. There's a lot of fans out here that's mad and saying this and that, saying that, you know, he should be loyal. He got the team there, and, and they've been competitive for him, and all those things, right? Now, I'm going to tell you something. People got to start looking in the mirror because if, let's just say, working at my job, if they say, hey, D-Raw, we're going to offer you another $3 an hour if you come over here, to ABC company and leave uh, company uh, 213, I'm gone. There's no if, ands, or buts, especially they say, oh, D-Raw, your schedule is going to be 
uh, Monday through Friday still, and, and and this is what you're gonna work, and we're gonna pay you two or three more dollars an hour right away, and you're gonna do the same stuff, and we're gonna even put you in a a, a better environment. We're gonna put you in an office, man, with a luxury chair and 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 all of these things and whatever, right? Yeah, I'm gone. There's no question. If ands or buts. So if you compare that to what Brian Kelly just did, leaving Notre Dame, going to LSU, LSU tell him, man, we're going to sign you for 10 years, $100 million. He's probably going to coach four or five of the years, if that. But he's going to take that $100 million just because that $100 million is a whole lot better than what he getting. I mean, it's you don't just get $100 million offered to you. There's no way. no Nobody just get that money and just decline. It's not at all. And uh, you, you, so when you talk about that, you got to think about that. Um, now, Lincoln Riley, he left Oklahoma because it wasn't going to be the same Oklahoma. I mean, you're simply asking him to do a different job. And, and it's the truth. Because I'm not in the Big 12 anymore. I'm going to the SEC. Now, I'm pretty sure they would have paid him more money, you know, them making that jump to the SEC. But you're asking me to go recruit against all these guys down south in Georgia and Alabama and Florida. And, uh, and I'm still competing against uh, A&M. And then you got UT making a jump, too. And I would be honest, the way, you know, the season's going for UT, um, Sarkeesian might not even be in U- at UT when they make the jump, final jump. So they're going to be looking for somebody to pay big money and willing to accept the job and, and, and take that recruiting uh, serious because, yeah, Lincoln Riley was getting good recruits, but he wasn't, he wasn't prepared to go to the SEC, obviously. He wanted to make the jump, and then, you know, someone called you and say, hey, man, we're going to buy you a $6 million house and – we're going to uh, make sure you have a private jet to fly wherever you need to go in Southern California. First off, Southern California, Oklahoma. Southern California, Oklahoma. There's no if ands, or buts about it. I'm going to L.A. I'm going to USC. They're going to buy me a $6 million house. All I got to do is win the Pac-12 year in, year out, and be the coach that I am. And then, not only that, I got all my recruits that's jumping ship with me to leave. So why not? Also, another thing, flip back to Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly didn't get none of his coaching staff to leave Notre Dame. So you know what I say? That screams fraud. This guy is a fraud. Everybody knows it. They already know he probably won't be there but three or four years, and then he might make another jump because you know who's going to come calling next and offer him big money, the NFL, and he's going to leave LSU high and dry, and they're not going to like it. But this is the situation that they're, you know, dealing with. This is the kind of coach that they're hiring. And you have Ed Orgeron. He won you the national title, what, two years ago, and now you dusted him and you kicked him out. So another thing I want to talk about with this being said is, People are always on coaches about being loyal, but the coaches are not even loyal to the program. So why should the players be loyal to the program? The players should be able to leave and get paid. NIL is the best thing that could have happened for them because they deserve to get paid. Don't bring this 
oh, he got a scholarship thing to me because that doesn't count. I'm still out here broke. And yeah, you're paying for my schooling, but I'm still broke out here. Uh, my parents are still out here trying to support me, working 40 hours here, 40 hours there, sending me money and trying to support me. Yeah, the football team feeds me, but they don't feed me enough or whatever. You know, they don't put enough clothes on my back. I'm just saying, whatever the, the case may be, this athletic scholarship is not money in my pocket like that. So NIL makes sense, especially when you're out advertising my face, my likeness, uh, my muscles, whatever, and you, you're putting it around the school, you're putting it on TV and all that, and you tell me I get nothing, that is not cool. So the players should be able to enter the transfer portal, portal whenever they want to and play whenever they like. And I just think that's the fair thing to do. So, just as some coaches make the moves, players should too, and so on. And only way you're gonna get a coach to stay, <coughs> sorry, only way you're gonna get a coach to stay as long as he should or you would like him to is pay up. You gotta pay that money, man. And that's why these programs are trying to get these better CB, uh, well, TV contracts, whatever you wanna call them, and uh and make better deals with these conferences so they can move on to uh, pay coaches big contracts and so these players can get better NIL deals as well. So that's the plan. Now, moving on to the NBA, people. Let's talk NBA. Um, just want to talk about some of the big games that's coming up or that already happened. You know, uh, last night you had the... Golden State Warriors and Suns play again. And uh, Suns was trying to defend that long wing game streak that they got. You know, but uh, they fell. They fell. The Warriors won 118-96. It was a great game. DeAndre Aiden played good. 23.6 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, Draymond Green was one one uh, point away and one rebound away and one assist from a triple-double. Also, my Houston Rockets got their W as well, and they continue to go on. Actually, I think they have the longest uh, winning streak in the NBA right now. I think it's at five. So they beat Orlando 118-116. Cole Anthony had an amazing game, 26 points, two rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Christian Wood, 21, well, 20 points, 14 rebounds, four assists. So that was one of the two of the top performers of the game. But the Rockets got it done. Uh, Nets got a victory against the Timberwolves, 110-105. Mavs drop another game. Pelicans get the victory, 107-91, even though Zion has not returned yet. Uh, it was nice to see the Pelicans go up to 7-18. And, and Dallas Mavs dropped 11-10. Now, this has to be pretty concerning for the Dallas Mavericks because you have your team, you have your core, you have Doncic, and... You're just not succeeding right now. And the big question is, what are you going to do to try to fix this issue? Because your team is put in place and uh, they're not going anywhere. But I tell you what, today, Saturday, December 4th, we got the Bulls and Nets. That's going to be a crazy game, a close matchup, people. And uh, Bulls are 15 and 8. Nets 16 and 6. And you got to wonder who's going to show up and show out. Durant has been averaging 28.6 points per game. 
DeMar Rosen, 26.3 points per game. Both of these players are rolling, and Brooklyn is favored to win by two and a half. I tell you what, I'm not sure that Brooklyn will pull this one off. I actually think the Bulls will find a way to get this victory and close out this game. Heat and Bucks. It's another good Eastern Conference matchup. Heat 14 and 9, Bucks 14 and 9. Tyler Hero playing amazing right now, having 21 and a half points. Giannis is being Giannis and he's been dominant. And I tell you what, Bucks will pull off this win at home against the Heat. Mavs try to go out and get another victory against uh someone called the Memphis Grizzlies because the Mavs dropped last night and they on a back-to-back and maybe the Mavs can somehow deliver uh, a blow to the Memphis Grizzlies and figure out how to get this victory. But I tell you what, Memphis is favored to win this game. Mavs got to get on the right track or they'll be looking on the, they'll be on the outside looking in. This is what I want to say. Another good game tonight. You got the Celtics and Blazers being ready to go head to head. Jason Tatum been balling, always balling. And you already know what that comes with. It comes with my boy Dame and CJ McCollum. Ready to play. Ready to ball. I don't know who gets the victory, but Portland's favored by one and a half points. With Jalen Brown being back, I don't know. I think the Celtics will actually take this victory. Now, let's look at a couple other games, people. Because we got some other major games. Rockets and Pelicans take off against each other on a Sunday night and uh Rockets will be six and sixteen, Pelicans seven and eighteen. Both of these teams will be fighting for one spot in a division. And you gotta wonder, can the Rockets go on and roll for a sixth victory? I'm riding with my Rockets people. I think the Rockets gonna get it done. Christian Wood gonna go out there and play amazing. And you also gotta uh keep your eyes open to see if Zion Williams will make a return. On Monday, you have some solid games as well. Clippers and Blazers will face off against each other on Monday night. Clippers both, or well, Clippers 11-12, Blazers 12-11. Currently right now, but by that time, they'll be, you know, at a different record. Paul George has been playing amazing. CJ McCollum, Dame. You got to keep your eyes open on this game. I'm going to tell you what. The Clippers should pull off this game because Paul has been amazing and Paul has been trying to keep his team ready and competitive. Um, one last thing I want to talk about, people, is I don't know if you heard about it, but um, the Arizona Coyotes have been talking about um, maybe possibly moving to Houston. And um, even though they denied a report claiming that the team is not for sale and all of those things, it only makes sense. You, you, your city basically tells you, hey, we don't want you here anymore. Uh, find you another part of Arizona to go to. But you're not welcome in Glendale, Arizona anymore at this point. So find you a new home. I know you've been here for the last 18 years. But guess what? I don't want you anymore. You can go find you a new lease somewhere in a new arena, somewhere else in this state or in another city. But hell, why not just go to Houston when you're going to have more people hungry for your your team, more Fortune 500 uh, companies ready to buy in and give you money to get everything right and together. 
and it also gives you a new chance to create new uniforms and have a new identity and sell jerseys and tickets. Voila. Come to Houston. It's a much bigger city than Phoenix. And you make more money. Duh. All right, people. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, just liking and subscribing and sharing. I ask that you please continue to like, subscribe, and share Sports Talk with D-Raw. And don't forget to look me up on, on Instagram or Facebook at STWD Live. I'm always there posting the next episode. And sometimes I might even post some news. But hey, enjoy your Saturday and Sunday. I'm ready for my Houston Cougs. By the way, they just took the lead. It's 10 to uh, 7. And we balling out, baby. This is going to be a tough game, a high matchup for Cincinnati. I don't think they was ready for us. I don't think they was ready for this. U of H Cougs. Go Cougs. Roll them out. And thank you for listening to Sports Talk 